This is Sugar Bookie Radio, NFL Week 2. Sports books, office pools, and fantasy. No matter how you monetize NFL football, all bets are on, and Sugar Bookie has you covered. Welcome to Week 2 DFS edition of Sugar Bookie Radio. Joining me now is Cody Toomey, Senior Fantasy Analyst for Sugar Bookie. I'm Anthony Carabasi, your host as always. Let's log on to FanDuel, let's set a lineup, and let's win some money. But first and foremost, Cody, how are you today, bud? Doing well, Anthony. How about yourself? Doing just fine. Thanks. Got football back. Did very well last week on our office pool picks and on our official picks. We got a little room to make up as far as our DFS lineup. It was good, but not great. Certainly not going to get you to the level where you're cashing in a big tournament. Missed on a few picks, missed on a few others. Cody, listen, the bottom line is the beauty of DFS as opposed to year long is that you can take a look at a certain week gauge where you went well, gauge where you might have done a little bit better, and then make your next lineup that much stronger. As far as our picks from last week, what did what did you learn based on some of the things we did well and based on the th- some of the things that we didn't do as well week one of DFS? Well, I think last week was a tough week. I don't think anybody who you know used any kind of analytics or strategy to picking players really – there's only one running back that went over 100 yards last week. So it was a really odd week in the sense that, you know, if you were playing in a DraftKings and you used a running back in your flex, you almost certainly didn't cash just because there just weren't the points there um, for running backs. Yet uh, quite a few receivers played well, but a lot of receivers um, that were the big marquee names also really uh, fell on their face. And, and a lot of points went to players that were – most likely unowned or very lightly owned. Like, I mean, Jack Doyle. I mean, who's who's playing Jack Doyle week one in DFS, you know? And the guy gets two touchdowns out of opportunity because we all, as I mentioned last week, I love everything in the Tennessee and Detroit game. So we were on to the right strategy. We just threw the dart at the wrong area uh, because, uh, and a lot of that's just chance. That's fantasy football. Uh, when they got to the goal line, Detroit took away the big players. They took away Moncrief. They took away T.Y. Hilton. They took away Philip Dorsett because in those short uh, short yardage areas, a lot of times Dorsett's not even on the field because he's their deep threat uh, on the other side of T.Y. So then what happens is you end up with two tight end sets with Dwayne Allen and uh, Jack Doyle catching a total of three three touchdowns in a game that you know provided us five touchdowns, but you know, we just didn't really get anything into fantasy relevant players. A lot of them last week, a lot of vultured touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> one of our plays, uh, Abdullah and uh, Theoretic, even though they both scored, uh, you know, you lost some points to vulturing of touchdowns by Washington in that game. Uh, just a funky week. Uh, Adrian Peterson off to a slow start, which is uh, not completely surprising due to his history. I just thought they would feed him more, and they got lucky and they had two defensive touchdowns, so they pretty much just shut down the offense and said, until you score and get the game close, we're not going to do anything. I think Peterson was probably the biggest surprise of week one, but I agree with you. I, I can't tell you looking at box scores how many guys scored touchdowns that I had never heard of. I mean, or had heard of, but only in passing, and certainly were not in any kind of DFS conversations, uh, at least on a national level. So I agree with you. Week one was a pretty funky week. Good insight, Cody. Love it. And again, you just you live and learn and uh, lick your wounds and move on to week two, DFS fantasy football. We're on FanDuel right now. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out a strategy here 
to start it off, and you like to do this, let's try to save our money at quarterback and at tight end. And I do have a couple suggestions for those spots. And then I really want to blow it out at wide receiver on two players, two guys who are going to be on opposite sides on what is right now the highest over-under in Las Vegas right now, 52.5 points. That is, of course, the New Orleans Saints visiting the New York Giants. I love the Brandon Cooks, 8,400, and the Odell Beckham Jr., the most expensive player on the board at 9,400. Let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Cooks in the lineup and then move to quarterback and see where we can't save some money. Your thoughts on that strategy this week? Well, I really like Odell Beckham for the same reasons you said. Um, the one thing that I will would uh, you know pivot off of is just Brandon Cooks had a monster game. But if you look at Drew Brees' stats, home versus away, uh, he's a monster at home. He's almost guaranteeing you four touchdowns when he's at home. But on the road, that's actually not the same. And a lot of things with Saint, uh, with the Saints is they use tempo to actually keep the other teams off balance and allow Brees to really cut the defense up because he can get a position that he likes. They'll, they'll bring in a run formation. Uh, get a run-heavy defense, and then they'll split Ingram out, and then he'll just throw it down your throat, and you've got your big uglies in there, and you can't really contend with the speed they end up splitting you out on. So uh, I'm not as high on Cooks this week. I think the the Giants' defense actually looked pretty good last week. Not terrible, but uh, not great. But uh, I think they do have a decent uh, chance of, of slowing the Saints' offense because of their pass rush. Um, and uh, on the road, it's much harder for Bruce, Breeze to use that tempo because the crowd will be involved, and that slows your tempo. So uh, I like, I like, yeah. I like the, the ideas of the over-unders. Um, a, a team, a game that I think you might want to go the same strategy on is uh, the Bengals-Steelers game. I think that game is going to be fireworks loaded. I think Antonio Brown, uh, although expensive, he's a guy that, you know, last week went crazy. Um, the, the Bengals defense looked pretty good last week. Pac-Man also doesn't typically travel on the team. So he's probably going to, they're probably going to move him over and get Drake Kirkpatrick. So he's proven to not be the, the best. And if they don't have Pac-Man travel, you know, he could get his. And we all know about the Steelers secondary. Deshaun Jackson went for almost, uh, you know, over a hundred and really should have had more. He just didn't, you know, Kirk Cousins looked like garbage. Uh, A.J. Green is in rare form, and I could see both of those guys. Uh, there's probably about six receivers this week that could just literally have banner games. There's so many good matchups this week. I'm with you. Uh, although I'm going to pivot off of the going super cheap at quarterback now. Uh, I think that's something that's burned me enough in the past that I'm going to actually uh, spend a little more at quarterback, and I'm going to try to save my money at tight end and running back this week. Okay, so who are you liking at quarterback? I, I originally, as far as a cheaper option, I had looked at Carson Wentz, who heads to Chicago on Monday night. Now, granted, it's he's a rookie quarterback, and it's going to be his first time playing in the NFL on the road, but at $6,900, you are looking at a $2,300 savings from what Drew Brees is paying, so about two-thirds of the price of the top guy, Drew Brees. If you did want to spend a little money at the quarterback position, who are you looking at? Where is there some value? So, so some guys I like at quarterback this week uh, are uh, in, in no particular order, Eli Manning, Matt Stafford, Carson Palmer, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So Garoppolo is probably my cheap option. Uh, if I were going to do Garoppolo, though, I would definitely make sure that uh, Gronkowski is playing, and then I'm going to stack him with Gronkowski. 
So if you play Garoppolo, I think the only real play there is to stack him along with um, uh, Gronkowski and make sure that you end up getting uh, a really good benefit out of, uh, of doing that. So I think you stack him with Gronkowski and then you load up on receivers and that pretty much would, would spend your budget. If you go super cheap, I actually really like Carson Palmer this week in a tournament style play. If you look at his projected ownership, a lot of sites carry that, uh, you know, uh, fantasy pros is one that I use and they kind of project ownership. Carson's projected to only be owned about 10%. Uh, and he's, he's $8,000, but Tampa Bay, uh, you know, gave up some easy passes last week to a yeah, Falcons team that, you know, I think this, I think we're going to look back at this game and Jace, uh, Jameis Winston really tore him up. But I think by the end of the season, we're actually going to see the Falcons are a really bad team. Uh, I could see them being a, you know, four to five win team and uh, you know, being drafting in this top half. I just don't think they have a lot there. I think Deon, uh, Devonta Freeman was kind of a flash in the pan. I think he's super talented, but, but teams are going to just, take away Julio and load the box, you know, and then say, Hey, Matt Ryan, throw it to somebody else. You know, we'll see if Mohamed Sanu can beat us. Uh, you don't really have anything at the tight end to worry about there. So I could see them being actually being a bad team. Arizona's at home. This is a must win game for them after, you know, losing to a new England team that was hobbled and came in their house on Sunday night and embarrassed them. So I could really see Palmer lighting it up tonight or, or against the, the Buccaneers on a on that game and, and making up for last Sunday night's kind of mishap and uh, you know, Matthew Stafford you, you can't argue good old Jim Bob Cuter uh, the name was funny when he got hired as the offensive coordinator but Stafford seven and one with uh, Jim Bob as the offensive coordinator one of those losses is the memorable uh, Aaron Rodgers I'm going to throw this ball over the moon and Robert uh, Roger Rogers catching that in the end zone and the hail Mary um, or else he'd be eight and one under Jim Bob. And, you know, the offense has really been flourishing during that time period And Stafford now minus Megatron could be addition via subtraction because he doesn't force feed the ball to anyone. He's spreading it around, which makes it a little bit tougher to, to gauge who's going to get the points as far as the receivers and tight ends go, but I think Stafford's a really solid play against a Tennessee team that that's not, it's not that good. I think Tennessee, I think their defense is underrated and I'm not ready to buy in on the lions yet, which I'll get to in a minute because I think CJ Anderson is a great play against Indianapolis in Denver this coming week. Top but of I'll my list. To, I'll get to, I'll get to this. I'll get to that in a minute, but now we're starting to spend some serious money. Let's go ahead. And I think that the point that you made that really stood out to me, um, I'm, I'm a week away from being a Jim Bob and, and Matthew Stafford believer. Uh, let's go with Carson Palmer, 8,200. So we've got Odell Beckham jr. And Carson Palmer, Palmer locked in. We're spending big money early. And let's move on to the running back position here. We just mentioned C.J. Anderson, 7,800, the fifth most expensive player on the board. But I think he's an absolute slam dunk this week against Indianapolis, who is a bottom five defense in the NFL. I think we're probably going to eventually need to save money someplace else. So let's move over. So we've now got Carson Palmer, C.J. Anderson. You said he's at the top of your list, right, at running back? Yeah, and, and, the, and the reason is, like you said, the Indianapolis defense is bad, but it's really where you want to look at it. Their their second their linebackers are an absolute joke and their secondary is decimated. So really, with Anderson, it's not going to be um, that he's going to have these uh, you know 
eight yards, eight yards, eight yards. He's not going to get a lot of yards. He's going to have some shorter carries, but when he gets to the second level, he's going to finish that run. Like if he gets to the second level, he's going to put up six. So I could see him breaking, you know, two or three huge runs and, uh, you know, getting in the end zone multiple times. That's why, and he's, he's projected to be owned, you know, 15 or more percent. So in cash games, he's almost a must own for you because, you know, when guys get up in that 20% range in cash games, you almost have to have them because if they go off and you don't have them, you can kiss your cash game cashing away. Now, if they don't go off and you have them, you're still in with, you know, 20% of the people and you can beat those 20% with the rest of your lineup. But when people approach that high of percent owns, you know, you have to, you have to consider what, what you're playing. So keep in mind, tournament game versus cash game you know tournament game you want a guy you think can pop the top off that's low ownership cash game sometimes you have to play guys that you think will be pretty good but if they're owned by like like last week Dax Prescott was owned like 30 percent of the time so in cash games you almost had to have him even though he didn't do anything had he went crazy you're not going to cash so you got to kind of play that game too so i really like yeah, cj true. just because of the secondary and, and linebacker woes that he's going to see in indy all right let's try to scrape the bottom of the barrel before we move out of the running back spot who's a guy i'm thinking somewhere in the mid six thousands uh who who might be a nice play i'm seeing melvin gordon at 6600 i'm seeing jeremy langford 6500 yeldon or jeremy langford are the two guys i like in that price range yeldon's a play based on uh chris ivory's health if, if ivory doesn't play yeldon's numbers looked bad last week so i think he'll be owned like very very low amounts like less than two percent probably uh and the san diego defense isn't good and you could see him, you know, his numbers don't look good, but if you watch the actual tape, he had some powerful runs. He had some times where he got brought down on tackles where, you know, he could have easily gotten loose and didn't. And that Green Bay dis defense is much more disciplined than he's going to see in San Diego. So uh, he's a play. If, 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 if Ivory doesn't play, he really has no competition for snaps, so you're playing him based on complete volume. I think that's a great play. I like the Yeldon pick a lot, especially with with Ivory having some some injury history here. So let's lock these in. So far, quarterback Carson Palmer, 8,200. TJ Yeldon, 6,500. CJ Anderson, 7,800. And Odell Beckham Jr., 9,400. Let's go ahead and try to save some money at the tight end position. I'm going to throw this name out there, Mercedes Lewis. I had him in there before we went with Yeldon, so maybe we swap him out. But I think there's going to be some nice value against San Diego this week. What's a lower-priced tight end that you're into? Who, who are you liking as a cheap, cheap tight end option? Two options that I like. Super cheap. Um, going back to um, – you know, that possibility of uh, the Denver game and uh, the Indianapolis linebackers being terrible. A guy that might uh, be affordable there, Virgil Green, 4,600, super cheap. He got a lot of targets last week. He had a touchdown taken off the board. I don't think people are really on to him yet. I mentioned in our season-long thing that he's a guy you got to keep an eye on. He's super athletic, and if they actually throw the ball to him, uh, you know, he could, he could easily get a touchdown in this game. And, uh, you know, he's somebody that's going to be super cheaply owned. Another guy, CJ Uzama for the Bengals had two big catches last week. Um, if, if uh, Pittsburgh decides to just double AJ green and hope that, 
no one else can beat him. You know, that game could be a shootout with some fireworks. So he's a guy that will probably be like owned by three people besides you. So if he does go off, you're pretty much including yourself in the cash at that point. So those are two super cheap guys I like. I like both of those guys. I think they're both great plays. I'll tell you, though, Virgil Green really stood out, and he did have that touchdown taken off the board. And does it make you a little nervous having C.J. Anderson in at running back and then Virgil Green at tight end? Maybe not because of the incredible savings that you're getting it with, with Green, but does that make you nervous? You got C.J. Anderson going as well as Virgil Green. Well, I, I don't think it makes me too nervous because, like I said, I think Anderson's home runs are going to come from a long range. And I think, uh, you know – you can, there's going to be plenty of points to go around for Denver. I think this week, I think Indy's a really bad team. Uh, and I think their defense is going to put them in some short situations, uh, and uh, allow Denver to really score some points. You've got a hobbled up, uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to see all of uh, the focus from Indianapolis. So, you know, it's nerve wracking a little bit to play a tight end with the running back, but, um, you know, like I said, you're getting them so cheap. Uh, you know, really what else is in that range? Clive Warford, uh, Vance McDonald, who's going against Carolina with some of the best linebackers in the league. Dennis Pitta uh, against Cleveland. He could be a sneaky play, but, you know, you never know when Dennis Pitta's hips are going to fall like a 80-year-old lady and he's going to be done. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I think you're okay to play a tight end with a running back. Yeah, and I think you. I think the point that you make that's really smart is that he's so inexpensive that that allows you to really make nice expenditures at other positions. Cody Toomey is SugarBookie.com's senior fantasy analyst. So so far here, Cody, here's what we've got locked in: Carson Palmer, eighty-two hundred running backs; C.J. Anderson, seventy-eight hundred; T.J. Yeldon, sixty-five hundred. Odell Beckham Jr., the most expensive player on the board, but we're going for it, ninety-four hundred. Virgil Green, forty-six hundred. Before we move into defense, where I'm going to be very pro Denver Bronco, uh, Denver Broncos, because I think they're good value, I'll throw out Amari Cooper, 7,900. And then a guy I've been trumpeting since the offseason, Will Fuller, former uh, former Notre Dame wide receiver with the Houston Texans at 6,200. That fills out your roster nicely. What do you think about those two plays? And if not, is there any deeper value at the wide receiver position? Uh, Fuller and Amari Cooper are on my list of wide receivers to target this week, along with AJ Green, OBJ, and Marvin Jones. Um, so yeah, I'm totally on board. Will Fuller, if you look at Kansas City's defense last week, even Marcus Peters had some issues and and he was getting beat. And you know, Peters is going to be on Nuke Hopkins, which means Fuller is going to get a converted running back to uh, cornerback guarding him. And, uh, I would like to see any converted player try to guard him. They're going to get him the ball and uh, one broken tackle and his hair's on fire and he's gone. So I really like Fuller this week against Kansas City. Without their pass rush, their defense is not what uh, a f- one to be feared uh, with Houston out. So, uh, again, Amari Cooper is one of those guys I'd say would be in those eight quarterbacks. It's just – I mean, his matchups got just go bananas written all over it. Uh, the Oakland team is going to be able to score points at will. Uh, they're going to, you know, want to run the score up and his matchup is just, is just juicy as it gets. And his prices is, is fairly affordable. Again, Jameis Winston torched, uh, that Atlanta defense for four TDs last week. Uh, and he's a, he was in his second year, Derek Carr has looked 
you know, equally as good uh, and has better weapons, you would say, you know, minus Mike Evans, you look at, you know, Cooper and Crabtree are both viable options. Um, I really like the chances that they go off on them. Excellent. And then moving on to defense, I threw out Denver at 4,700. I also could be tempted uh, by a couple of other teams as well. Uh, Seattle, I'm not really as into. They're up against L.A. and they're expensive. Uh, I also maybe Detroit hosting Tennessee, whose defense, I think Tennessee's D is pretty good, but their offense has serious problems. Where are you seeing value? Who are you liking on the defensive side of the ball? Defense is a really, really tough call this week. I think um, it's going to be one of these weeks where you might get lucky and just catch a defensive touchdown. And, and that's going to be, like you said, Denver and Seattle are the two obvious choices uh, for teams that you know are probably going to put up decent points. You have obviously both of them are probably going to be high ownership. They're safe uh, floor and both have a decent ceiling. Uh, both have concerns. Denver, you have the concern that Aaron Drew Luck is actually a good quarterback and he has some weapons. Uh, so, you know, he can always score points. So you're going to almost rely on sacks and turnovers uh, and possibly a touchdown to get them to get really high scoring. Because you got to think that Luck's going to, even against a good defense, going to put up 17 to 20 points, which kind of takes away your points for uh, scoreboard points at least Seattle has the same issues is Russell Wilson really healthy if he's kind of limping around then their offense isn't moving as much they're not going to try to score as much and the Rams always seem to play them pretty tough so yeah they do uh, yep. you know so that's a, there's a scare in both of those and your next defense you look at Baltimore uh, just because Cleveland is atrocious but I think Cleveland's actually better with Josh McCown than they, end, they are with RG3 they're less less reward but also less risk McCown's going to play smart uh he can he kind of gives some value to a guy like Duke Johnson is a sneaky sneaky good play uh because he's going to dump it off a lot more and take the smart play instead of just uh YOLO balls all afternoon like RG3 does um so so those are some things uh, you know Carolina is probably a, a dead ringer to just blow out the the Niners but you know that's 5300 um so yeah, I mean, I like kind of Detroit as a sneaky play. Yeah, I was just um, about to mention them. And then Jacksonville was the other one I was going to throw out too. And I think Jacksonville, the only thing with Jacksonville is really, I really hesitate taking road teams just because you don't get the crowd advantages. True, um, yep. But, uh, but yeah, I think I think some sneaky plays there are, you know, Jacksonville or maybe even um, um, I would even consider maybe playing the Rams against Seattle. Um, first home game in the Coliseum in 25 years, that place is going to be rocking. So, you know, if Russell Wilson is kind of limited, you know, maybe that's a sneaky play that you're, you know, you know, it's not going to be owned very much. So if you're talking about, you know, just throwing a dart at the wall, you want to save money and, and hope you get lucky, you know, they might get you a touchdown or some sacks. Um, you know, Seattle's offensive line's a little questionable. So. Uh, a little questionable, I think, is an understatement. Uh, the, uh, the 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 joy of sacks—that's for sure. What? Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, let's sack up. Speaking of which, and and make a pick here. Uh, I I I like what you're saying about Jacksonville. Although San Diego, I would argue, is the second or third worst home field advantage uh, in the NFL. Of that's course, that's true as Jerry, well. Jerry World and Dallas. I mean, San Diego is not an intimidating place to play, as opposed to say Kansas City, where. 
the team is right on top of you. Seattle, where the noise is deafening. Same thing with New Orleans. So that doesn't kind of scare me as much. I think I think San Diego, particularly with Keenan Allen out, I, I just don't see them doing anything. Melvin Gordon can be, I mean, is a good player, but he can be controlled. Uh, Jacksonville, as, as I said, it might be a sneaky play. And then, and then Detroit, my concern with playing Detroit is I just don't see the playmakers uh, on Detroit that you see in other places. So, Cody, I'll leave it up to you. Go ahead and make the play. What are you thinking as far as defense? Um, let's uh, let's go Jacksonville. Let's take a road team. Like you said, Qualcomm is, is not really the home advantage. The, the thing is, Qualcomm can get taken over by the opposing fans, but Jacksonville doesn't have the fans to do that. You know, like no. Pittsburgh and Qualcomm is like a home game. Uh, Green Bay and Qualcomm is a home game for, you know, Green Bay because they have enough fans to fill that stadium. Jacksonville doesn't, but they're also not going to get deafened by that. They had a tough week one game. You know, they held a, a good Green Bay offense to, you know, 30 points. So, you know, San Diego's not going to do that to them. Totally agree. Totally agree. And also, there's been, there were so many young players. There are, I should say, so many young players on Jacksonville's defense. I think getting out there and going up against a team as good as Green Bay, I think you're going to see marked improvement from week one to week two. So I like it. Rolling the dice a little Jaylen bit. Jalen Ramsey ain't no puppy. No, he is He's not. And, and he is he, – those guys, I'm telling you, those guys, they can hit. And with the addition of Malik Jackson in the middle getting some nice push, I, I, I had uh, Jacksonville winning the South – uh, this year uh, before the season started, and I stand by that pick. I think Jacksonville is a team really that's uh, that's on the come. So two plays here, TJ Yeldon and Jacksonville. Uh, Jaguars defense here, two plays on, on the Jags. We have 50. The only guy we can't afford, we're 100 bucks off of Steven Goskowski. But other than that, we can afford anybody at kicker. You know, I like his replacement. If Brown's going to play, I, I like the play there. Um, and uh, just watch that before kickoff. And then you could pivot to, you know, a guy like Justin Tucker. Cleveland's defense isn't good. They're going to get a lot of positions inside the red zone. And, you know, Tucker can bang them from, bang them from long range. So I think you can go with either Tucker, uh, even Dan Bailey. Washington's defense looked like garbage. Um, or just jo go with John Brown uh, to replace um, uh, as the Giants kicker. No, I can. I, I like that. I thought that Cleveland, at least in the first half, before things got out of control in Philadelphia, Cleveland's deep played a very bend but don't break kind of defense. So I could see Tucker for Baltimore coming through and banging through a, a number of 30, 40 yard field goals. So that might be a nice play, particularly in a somewhat low scoring game as this one is predicted to be. Baltimore, Cleveland, that game's going to be won by field goals, not by touchdowns. Before I get Cody Toomey's final thoughts, let's run through our official DFS fantasy lineup for NFL Week 2. Quarterback, Carson Palmer, 8,200. Running back, C.J. Anderson, 7,800. And T.J. Yeldon, 6,500. Wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr., the most expensive player on the board. But, hey, you got to spend money to make money. Wide receiver, Amari Cooper, 7,900. Wide receiver, Will Fuller, 6,200. Tight end, Virgil Green, 4,600. Kicker, Justin Tucker, 4,800. And the defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cody Toomey, any final thoughts before we lock in this FanDuel lineup? No, it sounds pretty good. Um, I think uh, I think we've picked a pretty good and balanced lineup. I think one of the things you can do is stack defenses with running backs you have and things of that sort. Those are other stacks that 
you know, they help each other out. If a defense plays well, your running back will play well. Cody Toomey is SugarBookie.com's senior fantasy analyst. In addition, he's a contributing author for both SB Nation as well as Cincy Jungle. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Kodakai. Cody, thanks so much for coming by, man. No problem, Anthony. It's been fun. And we shall do it again next week, my friend. I'm Anthony Carabasi, your host as always. Make sure to check me out on Twitter at SugarBookie. Sportsbooks, office pools, and fantasy. No matter how you monetize NFL football, all bets are on and Sugar's got you covered. Best of luck with your DFS lineups this week, my friends. And as always, thanks for stopping by.